save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need, to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel and Dennis Dick. This morning, we've got COVID vaccine news. We've got stock splits. We've got offerings. Step right up. Everything is up this morning. Reopening stocks are up. Tech is up. Gold is not. We'll talk about that in a second here. But uh, a lot to get to on today's show. Our guests, we have two guests on the docket today. Gil Morales from the Gilmo Report will join us at 8.35. And then at 9, I'll be joined by Yannick Malling. He's the co-founder and CEO of Public. It's a, uh, a, a free trading app. And they did something interesting with regards to Hertz in June when that was uh, craziness was going on. So I'll talk to Yannick Malling at nine from public. Uh, I'll throw it to Joel in a second. Before I do that, I want to tell everyone, dropping tickers in our chats. Great. Do that. I'm writing them all down. We will get to tickers at the end of the show. I promise. Uh, and hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We appreciate that. And now I will throw it to Joel, who will recap for us what has happened here in the overnight trading session. Joel. Uh, good morning, Spencer. Uh, nice green here. We're up 23 and a half handles. Uh, made that low early in the after hour session. We had to close at 33.30. We only dipped at 26 and a quarter. Uh, below that, we have a really key level to keep an eye on for the rest of the week. 33.19.50 was yesterday's low. And that matched Friday's low at 33.22. So about that's about as important level as you can get here for support. Um, on the upside, really nothing at 60.75, folks. We got up to 33.79 yesterday and intraday only 74.75. So really decision time here for the market. Uh, whether or not we want to go out and make that new all-time high this time or it's going to take another run at it. Uh, crude is in the green by 67 cents at uh, 42.27. Crude is having uh, a good day here. Real quiet compared to the way it's been a few day, uh, few weeks ago. Uh, gold, well, you see it down 13 bucks, and you think gold's having a bad day. Well, whew, it's actually not having a bad day at all. It got down to 1874.20 overnight. And then they rallied at 60 bucks back. So maybe you have a temporary low there in the gold market. Very, very bad day yesterday. Uh, silver in the red too here. Silver's in the red by about a buck. Uh, these uh, commodities had some monster ranges, monster days. Uh, trying to find support in this. Uh, $24 looks like a key level here in silver moving forward. And uh, Bitcoin just muddling around in the 11,000 handle. That's up $95 at 11,525. So uh, Triple D, uh, you missed some fireworks yesterday. How are things in the after hours trading? Um, 
you know what it was it was we were seeing a little bit of a rally but it really rallied a lot more overnight and lots of catalysts i mean the market was kind of hanging out i think a big catalyst especially for your tech stocks this morning is the tesla stock split that was the news of the night tesla blasting off 70 80 points was bringing up your facebook's your apples your amazon's all trading up in sympathy because we know they all uh, tend to move together so when you get tesla trading up six percent it's going to drag up the rest of the tech as well then we had some Moderna, you know, Trump talking Moderna with a, go a government contract, and that got the market excited as well. So if you look this morning, you start looking around, you're like, holy, what a turnaround from yesterday, because it was kind of a sell everything day yesterday. And today it's a buy everything day. So typically, technically, on these types of days, when you have a big flush like you did yesterday, usually the strength will get sold. The question is, you know, you have Tesla news, you do have some catalysts here, and I don't know if, you know, and from my experience, and, you know, really going on a tangent here from where I started, but um, you don't see a lot of stock splits anymore. I used to trade these actively, you know, 10, 15 years ago when there was a lot of splits, and usually a stock will hold the gains on a split. So people come in here shorting Tesla. I'm not so sure I'm coming in and shorting Tesla here on this news, but give us the details, Mr. Israel, on Tesla. It's up 93 points here this morning. When are we going to get these extra shares? Yeah, so Apple did a stock split a few weeks ago. That was uh, a unique, a rare story. Tesla is joining, joining the party now. That makes it a trend, I guess. Two is a trend. So they announced a five-for-one stock split last night. The record date is August 21st. You have to own Tesla on that day to receive the additional four shares. Uh, but more importantly, the adjustment date is August 31st. So the stock will trade on a split adjusted basis on August 31st um, at, at the close of that day. So that's what you need to know. August 31st is also the same day that the Apple split goes into effect. So anyone trading Apple and Tesla Heading into that day and on that day needs to be aware of that. Uh, Dennis, I hear what you're saying around, you know, st historically speaking, uh, stocks uh, tend to hold up after getting that that split bump, uh, if you will. But uh, to me, this feels like a buy the rumor, sell the news situation. Where now, now the, 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 you know, it's out there. Everyone knows splits happening. Oh, buy the stock. That's great. You know, why? I don't know. It just is great. And, um, I don't know. I, I'm suspicious here. I'm suspicious. I mean, it, there's no, you know, people think, oh, yeah, I'm getting more shares. You're not getting more shares. You're, you're going to get more shares, but they're going to fall in price by, you know, if, if it's five, four for one or five for one. Tesla's five for one, Apple's five three. for one. So yeah. it's going to fall in price by 80%. So you're going to get more shares, but the price is going to go down significantly. So once it goes post split. Typically, the thought process is the stock's at a cheaper price. That means more people become interested. I mean, with the fractional shares and, you know, everybody can buy Tesla if they want to buy Tesla. So I'm not so sure that argument holds water anymore. Um, but I'm just saying historically, from my trading experience, stock splits hold up very well. When you have a stock split announcement, they typically hold up very, very well. And we don't see them very often anymore. But coming here and just fading Tesla on the split news, I don't know. And then you have the wild card, remember, this is going to get added to the S&P. So this, you know, when I saw the initial pop in Tesla last night and it popped 30 bucks and you know the algos are ahead because it pops and then like a few seconds later you see the news um, because they're all over it. Um, I thought it was the S&P ad. 
Like, oh, I'm like, oh, it has to be the SPI. And then they said split. And I was like, whoa, I did not see that one coming. Nope. And it continued to go higher. I mean, right from the announcement, Joel, it continued to blast off. It and it did. has held the gains very, very well. But you have the wild card. Yeah, it's going to get added to the S&P. And that could give it another pop, too. So I don't want to be sure, Tesla. Kind of in no man's land here. Uh, you did get the initial surge. You took it over 1480. So here's your first target if you're trading this today. Your first target uh, would be 1490 is where it got to on that initial surge. And just look at this a little bit longer time. I had not pulled this chart up. Uh, you found support in a familiar area, this 1365 area. Uh, you hit that yesterday. Your low was uh, right there at 13.65 even. You also had a few other lows in that area. Boom, you had it back in early July, then uh, late July. Uh, it's a pop, right? Uh, I see a couple highs, one, two, three, four highs, just above 1,500. 15, 17, 50, 27. But if this is a for real Tesla rally, right? And it's going to get its boots on, and it's going to get up to 1587. It's going to hold. Let's just call it 1600. It's going to hold 1600 and make a run at that all-time high, which is closer to 1800. For me, the longer this turn, you know, takes to get up and clear 1600, then I think you got another leg down. And if you had, you know, you go from 1800 to 1350, what that's uh, what 450 point move. Boy, wherever you get a top here, I don't know. I just I see, really important. You're still I know long I'm, your Tesla because you're talking against your book like I do. Yeah. Are you still long? You're sticking with it? Yeah. You're going to get a lot yeah. more shares. So Joel's sticking yeah. with it. Yeah. I mean, to, to expect it to just continue to tack on another 100 points here immediately, it needs to you know do some work here. There is some pain. There is some people who bought this thing in the last few days, and they're immediately getting their money back. Uh, but if this was just, you know, if this was the S&P news, I think I'd fade the spike, but this is not the S&P news. And the S&P news is still common. So I think I'm a buyer of the dip on you, Tesla. If it dips, might, if it dips back and gives some back, I'd be a buyer of the dip. I wouldn't. Dan O, wait, Dan O in the chat also mentioned there was a third catalyst out there, and that is Battery Day, which is September 22nd. So they're gonna they're gonna announce some new fancy we don't really know what they're gonna have some battery thing right? battery day battery what day. if this what if this is instead of the s p dennis you know add being added as a p maybe this is the pop it's giving you the short i think it gets a pop on the s p too though so well, how, I, we do, how, how come it hasn't been added i mean well, it's how S&P. Do we... they do things when they want to do it they don't have to do it right away it's going in don't kid yourself. It's a market cap's huge. S&P's going to add this. So yeah, they, they, they don't need, it. Okay. need to do things immediately. They can do it on their own time. It's S&P. Nothing to yeah. do with the company. Maybe so, they do it at the end of the It's quarter. coming. And that's the wild card, too. And it probably gets a 5 6% pop on that. And maybe that's when you fade it. But okay. I don't want to fade it ahead of the S&P pop. I've been waiting for it to pop up to Is sell it not, short not on the S&P enough. news. And now I get a stock split news. And I'm like, well, now it's all you know continu- completely different. Because I know from split my experience splits hold up very okay. well so i've i've faded splits and tried to fade splits before i've lost a lot of money doing it and that's how you learn and is by ma- making mistakes i mean that's the one thing you know and traders you know want to win and they want to make money on every single trade i learn a lot more from my losing trades than i do from my winning trades 
And if you're never willing to take a loser, you're never going to get that education. And eventually, like I said, if you don't take your losers, eventually your portfolio will be full of losers because you can't pick them right all the time. You're not going to be 100% accurate. Um, yes, in a bull market, most stocks come back. But, you know, I've watched traders at Bright Trading do this, you know, continuously, adding the losers. They come back. These traders stick around for a while, but eventually it gets them. You've got to have discipline to cut the losers when you need to. Um, so I've tried, I said before in the past, shorting Tesla or shorting, uh, not Tesla, shorting stocks and st or news on stock splits. And I've been punished for it. So that's why not for me, not shorting this move. And so Spinner bringing up, uh, you know, point in the pre-market chat. The obvious question now is, do you look at other potential stock put candidates, right? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, this is now a trend. We have two. Shopify booking. We've wondered about Amazon and, and Google and, uh, and Berkshire forever. Right. So. It it's a catalyst that, hey, maybe this is going to start a trend here. It's a good point, Spinner. I mean, I'm somewhat, you know, in that same camp that, well, you know, you watch the work for Apple, you watch the work for Tesla, there's going to be other companies saying, hey, you know, we can make some extra money, get our share price up here just by announcing a stock split. You know, I don't know if Bezos is doing it, but, you know, because he likes his high price, but there is definitely the potential for some of these higher price stocks. And there's a lot of them out there to do some splits. So maybe we're going to go into this like split season where everybody starts doing stock splits again because they see what it does to the stock prices. So there's another catalyst for driving this market to all-time highs, which we are perilously close to, perilously as in for the shorts. Um, we're, we're at striking distance of all-time highs here. Unbelievable in a pandemic and, you know, where, where, you know, a lot of smaller businesses are and where the economy is that this market can be making new all-time highs. But how do you argue with it? I'm not arguing with that anymore. I tried to fight the trend and tried to fight it for a while, but I've been in the bull camp here for a while. You can't fight it. So, so maybe we should back up here and just talk about yesterday a little bit more. Uh, we, we started off the show yesterday just saying, hey, look, tech is down, market's up. And then it was uh, tech is down, market's down. And then it really leaked into, into the close. And like you said, Dennis, we are trading up here pretty much across the board this morning. Uh, we did get some Moderna news that, I guess that's bullish. I'm not really sure. I, I don't. And the market <laughs> wants to interpret it as bullish. Give us the Moderna news because mRNA, we have a lot of Moderna traders. It's trading up substantially. It's good for Moderna. Is it? It's not really vaccine news. That it's good for the overall market, though. Not really. No, exactly oh. right. It's good for Moderna. I'm not really sure who else is good for, but it's yeah. the government. Uh, and Trump announced this yesterday that that the government is uh, uh placed an order to um buy up to so they increase their order their their pre-order for the moderna vaccine uh, that were that it's that is still yet to be made but their order is now up to 400 million doses of, of moderna's vaccine that they will uh, that they have a pre-order for uh so that that comes out to an additional 1.5 billion dollars from uh the, the the previous order so uh yeah Moderna selling vaccines they don't have yet, I guess that's good for them, but they got to make it first. So I'm not really yeah. sure. And they're still not there. So I don't know if the market's interpreting that. Okay. Yeah. We're, you know, the U S government's buying it. So they must be close. I mean, this is what the fifth or sixth contract the U S government has given out here. Spencer, this isn't the first. No, no, no. This was, this is uh, at least the second or third. Uh, the, they, I think it might be the fifth they, or the sixth. They had a re before this, there was a, uh, they had an order for 300 million doses. So now they just opted by 100 million to 400 million doses. So, uh, yeah, they, again, not the first time we've gotten this headline. Yeah. So it's good for Moderna. 
I mean, they're now in that camp where the U.S. government's going to give them support, obviously. But we're still not there. This isn't positive vaccine news that, you know, okay, yeah, we're getting closer again. I mean, we're eventually going to get it. You know, it's inevitable with this many companies working on the same problem, you know, that we're going to get a vaccine. Um, Russia already has one, apparently. Uh, so, you know, the reopening trade, we've been talking about it for a while, and it is working. So I'm a buy a dip on everything. Yesterday was a significant dip. Um, I did do a little bit of buying yesterday. Um, I didn't yeah, think it was I let you off the hook, back. Triple D. I didn't think it was bouncing back overnight like this I, much. So I, I, it's a big move. So, I mean, if you're coming in this morning and buying, this is not a dip. This is a rip. So you need to buy last night. I said you were going to be selling the rip today. I, yeah, that's well, what I, I mean, said. I bought stocks yesterday. I feel like is selling it, them today. I mean, just trade. For your day trading portfolio or overall? Both. I mean, you know, you put something in your long-term portfolio I, yesterday and you're immediately rewarded. Well, no, you're not going to do that. Yeah. So. Um, well, let me say a couple things about uh, Moderna. Number one, this, the CEO is completely out of the stock, right? We, we, we've established that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but, he is, mean, isn't he? I, I don't think the CEO I, I don't is know. sold out of this. I, I know, know they've been selling out. stock. I don't think he's sold I thought all. I Did saw that. All? I, I don't know if he's sold okay. out. Well, don't. There's been a lot of insider selling. There's been a lot of insider selling. Okay. All right. Don't quote me on that. There's been a lot of insider selling in everything. For, for good reasons. We're in a pandemic. We got a lot of problems in the stock markets at all-time highs. So the insiders are like, yeah, ring some registers. Okay. So you popped over 78 um, in the uh, in the after hours. You faded to 75 and a half. I drew your line. A bunch of highs at the 78 to 79 area. The fact that we backed off $3 from that, I think it's going to hold here today. So seller on rallies here. Let's see if you can even get back to you know, 77, 78. I think you, know, you just may roll over on this one. And the other chart, I mean, if you're looking, um, if you're looking at like how stocks are trading after the vaccine news, you don't want to use this one as an example because uh, it, it has a history of doing this. Look what Novavax has done here since uh, it had that news, right? That that was the best, you know, the circus was in town. Everyone was selling oh, their peanuts yeah. over, one, yeah. over 180. So yeah. I'd be more of a, a seller into these things. And this Novavax, I did an article on this one. This is uh, deja vu all over again. They had a big drug run up in uh, July of uh, 2015, took the stock to $300, right? And it didn't turn out so good. That stock went down to two bucks, three bucks. And now, I don't know. It, if they come through, they come through. But it just seems like on these pops. So much good news run. priced in. I know. They better come I mean, what was Novavax doing last night? Go to the chart last night. Why was it trading higher on the Moderna contract? Like, I couldn't understand that. I actually tried to short Novavax on the Moderna headline because I was like, you know, usually what's good for one isn't good for the others. And and Novavax started rallying. I was like, okay, well, I got to get out. I'm on the wrong side of the trade. And if you look last night, this thing trade up to 150. Where did we get to last I night? I got one, it. Yeah. 155, 156. Yeah. I think we it's kind of spotty there. Yeah. Not much time, but. Uh, yeah, but it was. It was, it was there. five, six bucks on the Moderna news. And I'm like, why? 
And now I come in, it's 146, and I was like, okay, I was right, but <laughs> I got shaken out. So I guess I was too early on that trade. But, I, 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 Joel, you make a great point on Moderna. Do you ring the register on mRNA on this? Yeah, I think you do. I mean, we've seen this again and again and again and again. Positive news, and they rally them, they spike them 10, 15, 20%, and then they start leaking, and they start giving it back. And, you know, obviously, in the case of Gilead, it's a therapy, not a vaccine. We've moved completely away from Gilead, but this is just a disaster, Gilead, now. 68 bucks. I mean, you're getting to a point where value starts to come, you know, back in a favor. You get down to 62, 63. It's all major support down there, but... I mean, it's comp- now they've given it nothing for, you know, the possible, you know, therapy with remdesivir. So I'm, I, you're exactly right. Sell your peanuts while the circus is in town. I think, uh, Spencer, could you check when, uh, when Moderna got up like to 95? I know it traded over 100 in pre-market. Didn't Goldman come out with some crazy price target hike on that? If not, I better get this off the screen right away. But I kind of I remember that. Uh, that was background... July in July, am I making that up? I hope not. You better get rid of it. But Joel does turn uh, stuff up. Mm, no, that was in May, Joel. That that's what you, that that crazy price target hike from Goldman that came in May. Okay. So it okay. was it was a uh, it was a price target increase from sixty three to one hundred five. That was on May 18th. And then it went down under 50 bucks and then came back. These are tough stocks. You know, if you have Target, I mean, you just got to know that the gains are going to be here until they're not. And if you're holding these stocks for the, you know, for the whole enchilada, then you got to be prepared to wake up one morning and it'd be down 50 bucks or up 75 bucks. You know, that's, that's just the way these stocks are. And yeah, someone's going to come up with something eventually. But look at all those times. And you mentioned the best example, Gilead Sciences. How many times? And then that is Three, repl- four times it popped 7, 8, 10% on the news. And then eventually the news, they started to become numb to it. And once they start becoming numb to the news, it's when you get the hell out. And the last few pops on Gilead when it's had, oh, yeah, it looks, you know, there's some trial or somebody's using remdesivir. It hasn't popped at all. So it's numb to it now. And I mean, the market will become numb to, you know, to a lot of these, um, you know, uh, vaccine plays too. Um, eventually, they're not going to always get, you know, 20, 30% pops on every positive headline. The market will numb it. I mean, Novavax, how much do you want? I mean, the stock has went when this started from $18 to 100 and $89. I believe it was, it was somebody on Twitter. I don't remember who it was. But this is like the highest market cap stock ever for a biotech that doesn't have an approved drug. So, I mean, if they, for whatever reason, can't get the vaccine, it's going to be really bad. But even if they get it, how much good news is already priced in there? What's the market cap of that thing with no approved drug? Like before COVID, Novavax, you know, was, was, it was in the gutter. It was three bucks back in January. It's Before just, COVID it's started. It's momentum, Dennis. You know it's that. It's momentum and hotness. And this is this circus is still in town. Even at $150, Heck yeah, the circus rings. is still in town. I agree. So would I buy it up here? Hell no. When this story ends, I think the stock's a lot lower. I think it is. It's on a hot story right now, even if they get the approval. I mean, how much of it is already baked in? It's a $9 billion company with no approved drug. So a lot of hope baked into this a lot of hope 
So I think you sell rallies in Novavax. I think you sell the rallies in Moderna too, because there's a lot of hope already baked in. I mean, could they you know, go higher? We don't know where the top is on these things. You don't know. I mean, Kodak was $18. And I was like, I don't know where it's going. I'm not going to short it because I don't know where the high. It went to $60. And this is not Kodak, but if they don't get an approved drug, it could be. I mean, I guess Kodak's doing drugs too now, so maybe it is. But um, it, it, it's, it's well, just they a may. good point. They like, may do take, drugs. When you're chasing these stocks, you got to beware that, hey, when the, when the news turns, it can get ugly in a hurry because there is a lot of people sitting on a lot of gains in Novavax. And I don't know what it's worth. Like, what is that drug worth? You know, because they're not no going to be the only company with a vaccine, Spencer. It's not just going to be everybody taking the Novavax vaccine. There's probably going to be a dozen of these things. So is the NVAX vaccine going to be better than the other ones and everybody's going to want that one? Maybe. But is it worth $9 billion? Maybe, maybe not. So That's I think you make a good point. It's a lot of money. It's uh, Chris a Brown's asking, already. Dennis, uh, Chris, he might be a newer trader here. I'm not sure what platform he's on. He's asking about how you short stocks if you don't own them. And you know you don't do options, though you made a little foray in options yesterday. And no, you don't buy puts. I guess, Chris, it's what platform are you on? And, uh, you know, what kind of account that you have uh, set up uh, for – because, Dennis, you just get a locate on the stock, right? Yeah, I just Immediately, do locate yeah. and I'm off the races. And, and, and a lot of brokerages, they have an inventory already there that when you short it, they will internally locate the stock so you don't have to do all that. Um I clear through Goldman. They're a little bit fussy. They want me to get a pre-locate on everything. So everything, every single stock, I have to pre-locate. So I pre-locate every morning. Like even I, GE or everything, like, every single stock. They changed it two years ago. Goldman is so, and people think Goldman does, you know, things, you know, oh, sketchy. Goldman does nothing sketchy. Goldman is so regulated. They do everything completely by the book. I have to pre-locate every single stock I short. Pre-locate. That's how strict wait, they wait, are. Explain, is very... explain what that means. Explain what that means. So before I short, before I say press the short button, it will not allow me unless I go into the system and actually locate the stock on my own. And I have, you know, and you can do like a bulk. I do a bulk sheet. Like I, I bulk pre-locate a whole bunch of stocks every morning. But every single day, I got to pre-locate everything that I'm going to short. And if you want to short something, you've got to, you know, you can do it on the fly. Like you press short. It's, it's all built in the system. And then it'll grab the locate. It'll go find it for you. If it's no good, it won't allow you. It'll say no good. You cannot short stock. If it's good, then the order will go automatically in. So there's some auto ways to do it. But it, it, it's strict. I mean, you, you go to interactive brokers and they've got their own internal inventory. They're not as strict. You can just press the short button and it goes in instantly because they know that's in the internal inventory. Now, if it doesn't have it in the internal inventory, that's when you'd have to go to an outside broker to locate the stock. What a locate is, it's finding somebody that owns the shares so that you can sell it short because you're selling something you don't own. So you have to find somebody that actually does own it, borrow it from them, and then sell it. And that's all done internally, usually by your brokerage. Yeah, so, so most, most people aren't doing that themselves. Their broker's doing it for them. The broker's doing it the for broker's them. Broker's going exactly. yeah. into their own supply or their broker's yes. being like, oh, okay, we don't have any. Let's go to this other broker and see if they have some. Um, and, and, and we can go to outside brokers too. I mean, you know, there's locate firms that specialize in this stuff. When you can't find something, you can go to a locate broker that's got a bigger inventory. You're going to pay through the roof on some of these, you know, newer issues, something that's gone tight all of a sudden, you can pay through the roof, but 
you know, it's important to know the mechanics. When a stock is easy to borrow and then it becomes hard to borrow, you often see a squeeze, not only for the fact that maybe people are nervous, but sometimes there's buy-ins. If you have and you're short of stock and all of a sudden it becomes hard to borrow and the broker can't locate it, they can physically go into your account and buy the stock back because they cannot be short of stock that isn't, you know, so, so a, a stock can become hard to borrow at any time. And we saw it in Viacom two, three years ago. We saw it in Kodak like two weeks ago. Well, yeah, but when the VIA became hard to borrow, the VIA spread, wasn't, yeah. the spread blew out like 15 points. Everybody's like, oh, what's yeah. happening? Because there was no VIA on the street. What is I don't know it? if it was Redstone holding all the stock back or what, but it was no, and VIA blasted off because of that. So the market mechanics behind the scenes can have an impact on price as well. So it's important to you know understand those mechanics too. But on a general electric, on an Apple, on an Amazon, you're never going to have trouble borrowing those stocks. They're so widely owned. But it's when you get into the smaller stocks that aren't so widely owned that the locate can become difficult. And then obviously it's not as easy to bet on the short side. Uh, yeah, and we saw that in Kodak that that was at least partially for sure. why the stock went to sixty. Right, it's because everyone wants to short it, but there there were no shares out there to to lend out to short. So and that, the people who were short it were puking. <laughs> I think I should go from two to five to ten to or to to twenty to thirty to forty to fifty to sixty. It was an incredible thing to watch. So obviously it imploded and it wasn't going to last, but you know it was an impressive move. If I could just put a bow on the previous discussion, if you if you're playing these vaccine candidates and you don't you you don't know you know which which one to, to buy or which to pick or whatever, uh, the germ ETF G E R M holds like a bunch of them. It holds Novavax, it holds Moderna. So what's is, the symbol on that one? Germ. The word oh, germ. Great ticker symbol. When are we gonna do our ticker symbol show? I don't know. <laughs> I've never even heard of that one. Germ. G E R M. Newer, that's why you haven't heard of you got to watch some of these ETFs because the volumes are low and the liquidity getting in and out of them can be tricky. I'm not sure about Germ, I've never traded Germ. Um, obviously, you know, you're trading spies and cues, you're in and out within a penny. Some of these smaller ETFs, they can be really tricky to get in and out of. They can be some significant spreads. Like right now, in Germ, the spread is 30 and a quarter to 32, it's a dollar 75 spread in the pre market. 150,000 yesterday. It's, it'll be thinner. Yeah, so you got to watch getting in and out of some of these things. They thicken up a little bit intraday. Obviously, pre-market, lots of stuff is thin. So I haven't looked at that. I've never even looked at this one before. So um, I'll put it on my screen and we'll look. And sometimes you get a fairly tight market. High-frequency traders will usually make a fairly tight market in some of these ETFs. But if they're not easy to borrow, then they don't. So And that you know affects the market making as well. When you can't get locates on certain things, they can't make markets on the short side because they don't have the locates. So I mean, that, that affects the market's liquidity as well as the locates. Okay, I right. want, wait, I just want to, clear, I want to clear something about the Tesla split because there are some questions in the chat. So the, the record date is August 21st. You have to own Tesla on August 21st to receive the split. Now, the, the extra shares, the four extra shares are being paid as a dividend. So you don't have to own Tesla on August 31st to receive the extra shares. You can sell it if you want between the 21st and the 31st and still get the shares, but you have to own it by the 31st, by the 21st, by the record date, August 21st to receive the extra shares. I hope I'm making sense. 
So basically after, you know, it goes X, X split. So you want to look at the X date. That's what you really need to know. Do we have an X date on it? The record well, date and X well, the dates record, are different. Well, the record date, the, well, it's, this is what Tesla said in the release last night. The record date is August 21st. That's the date. That's, that's the date you have to, splits are a little bit different than dividends. So I don't know if there is like an X. I think there's date. an X split date. Like there would be an X date. So maybe it's the record date. Well, okay. I'm, well, I think I'm so removed. There's been so few okay. stock splits in the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. All right. Well, I'm pretty sure in this case, it's usually the same. there was an X date though. Well, in this case, it's the same August 21st. That's the date. Okay. That's the and date then what will happen is after that stock goes X, the price will fall by 80% adjust because there's no such thing as free shares. So the Arabs will come in and it can be confusing sometimes too. I've actually seen a, a case where, and this was a the stock dividend, not a stock split, but I can remember TiVo did this huge stock dividend. And once they're over 25%, they get massively confusing because the record dates and the X dates adjust. So it's weird. And I can remember TiVo trading down like 50% in the pre-market and it traded there for three hours. And then they realized, everybody realized it's not X. And then they bought it all the way back up and it was X the next day. They got the day wrong. It's not gonna happen on Tesla. It's widely owned, it's stocks, but it's gonna be known. But you can see in some of these smaller ones, you really have to watch those X dates, especially in stock dividends. When you get a special dividend, or something like that, I mean, or you know, a stock dividend, it, it, it can get, not, not the normal dividend, when you get a special dividend, yeah. it can get very confusing on these X dates. So, so, so Tesla this, will be well written. Well, so this isn't a dividend, it's a split. There is no X date. There is no X split date. It's just a, it's a record date and the effective split date. So it's a 20 Because usually the way it works is the X date is two days ahead of the record date. For dividends. For dividends. For yeah. dividends. This isn't a dividend. It's being paid as a dividend, but it's not, a, it's a split. Okay. So. It, there's there's this there's the record date and there's a split date the 21st and the 31st as long as you own the stock on the 21st you you will get the shares in your account on the 31st because um, that's how it's just being paid out but you you can sell it between then so now if we have you thoroughly confused we we I'm, yeah, I'm, like, trying, <laughs> I'm trying not to I, I hope I'm explaining it. coffee time breakfast it's very, time very simple there's two dates okay I think I'm sick of talking about the Tesla split right, I, okay Joel says move on now I'm more confused after you said you were going to explain it uh, consumer price is up a little bit more than expected. Ranger Rick up 0.6 versus 0.3 estimated. Little bit of a drop here. Not much. We're eerily quiet here, Dennis. Uh, you know, just hanging 10 points off the pre-market high, way off the pre-market low. I mean, these are one of the days where if the bulls are going to reestablish control, they're going to, boom, they're going to get 55, 56, 60. Boom, we're going to take out 60. We're going to make a run at yesterday's high. But right now, it just kind of feels like, boy, that big sell-off yesterday. I took stuff home long. I'm, I'm, I'm selling into this. That's the way it feels right now. But uh, we still have, uh, uh, what do we got? A little less than an hour. There's a, there's a lot of watts. So typically, the two-day move would have said this day would be down. Down. Because you had everybody get flushed yesterday and there's usually follow through the next day and you don't usually turn till 10. But that's not happening this morning. You're getting a rally and I do think that's a lot to do with the Tesla split uh, because they're very, they were very excited on all tech stocks last night after Tesla announced this 5 to 1 stock split. So that's the wild card is, you know, is there enough people who got slammed yesterday that they're going to come in here and say, thank you for giving me my money back and start selling stocks again? It's possible. This is out of the playbook here because like I said, normally you're down on this day. I'm looking to buy the dip on day two. This is you know, an up move. I would be more inclined to sell the up move because I think there is some people caught from yesterday. 
that's not on Tesla, but on individual stocks, um, like on the other stocks, but it's a tricky day. All right. Just I want another to, tricky day. I want to bring on our guest now, Gil Morales. He's the author of the Gilmo Report. He's also the managing director of Mocha Investors. We'll bring him on here. Uh, Gil, I can hear you, and now I can see you. How's it going? Good morning. <laughs> Good. How are you guys doing? Haven't seen you since the end of March when all this madness got going, and uh, it's been quite a ride since, hasn't it? You could say that. <laughs> you could say that. How, how's the ride been for you? Well, I just had a big move in silver that I – I played and that was a nice double coming up off the lows. I was picking that up back in March, late March, around 13, 14 on the SLV. And then on Friday, I saw, or actually it's Thursday afternoon, I saw the futures uh, peaking out just below $30. And I remember back in 2010, which was the last time I played a big move in silver when it went from about uh, 18 bucks to 50, uh, the first leg up went up to 30. So that's why I bagged out and that turned out to be fortuitous because we got hit pretty good yesterday. But, you know, it was starting to get a little bit long in the tooth and a bit frothy. And, you know, once you start seeing articles in the Wall Street Journal that are going to explain to everybody, you know, the nuances of investing in precious metals, you pretty much know that that's the top. And you get Bank of America coming out with a $2,300 or $2,500 price target. And after a move like that, which was short-term climactic and pretty easy to see in my view, it wasn't hard to take profit. So what do you do now, Gil? I mean, it's, I mean, it turned, right? Silver had the move, and I yeah, saw gold. something in gold. Uh, what, what do you do now? I mean, is it is Well, I'm, not, do do I'm to, not buying them right back. I'm going to let no. them settle in. I think longer term, they go higher because I think the dollar is going to continue to devalue. But I think in the short term, you had a spike yesterday in interest rates across the board. And it might have been the CPI number or the PPI number yesterday, which came in at points, point 0.6, I guess, which was supposed, you know, supposed to be point 0.3. And then today, you've got the CPI uh, coming in at the same sort of uh, number 0.6 versus expectations, I think, of 0.3. So if you're starting to get inflation here, then the, then the Fed, even though I think it's already painted itself into a corner, that now it will have officially painted itself into a corner. So I think that was an issue yesterday for the metals and maybe for the market as well. But the thing is that the market started to top three, four days ago, if you're paying attention, because Cloud stocks, and if you guys remember when I was on, I think it was the last day of March, we went through a bunch of names that I was liking at the time, things like DocuSign, Coupa Software, Zscaler, Okta, et cetera. And all the stocks have had big moves. So now they're starting to break down below their 20-day moving averages. And when you have a long run where the stock is obeying the 20-day moving average all the way up, then that becomes my selling guide when they start to turn. And we've had them hit the and bust the 20-day moving averages uh, more or less across the board. I mean, if you look at something like a DocuSign, uh, you broke the 20-day line on Monday. You actually you, you broke it on Friday, and then you rallied just above it on uh, that would be Monday, and that was a short sale entry point because starting to Why sale the at 20, that point. Yeah. Why the 20? Why the 20? Because if you look at the stock, look at the pat pattern. If you have a 20-day exponential moving average, which is what I use, and you look at that, you will notice that all the way up, the pullbacks have obeyed the 20-day line. In other words, they've found support at the line. So once that occurs for more than seven weeks, then we use this thing we call the seven-week rule, which is whatever moving average the stock obeys for seven weeks uh, or, or more, uh, then we use that as our selling guide. And so now you're seeing that break. And you'd even say, I guess yesterday's move, looking at this chart, it was a violation of the 20-day line. So, you know, that looks to me like uh, – it may have topped, you know, you get a breakout a week or so ago and then that fails. So that's starting to look a little bit uh, dicey to me. And you're seeing it across the board. You know, look at Alteryx just got destroyed. 
Um, Datadog, which was on fire after earnings, it turned into a, a shortable gap down, and that thing blew apart. And uh, you're seeing things like Zscaler is another one uh, coming down, busted the 20-day line. And if you look at that pattern, you'll notice you guys don't have any moving averages on there, I notice. No, I don't. Had, if you had a 20-day exponential on there, you would see that yesterday Zscaler busted the 20-day line. So that triggered as a short at that point, or not yesterday, but Monday rather. And then yesterday it, it ran into the 50 day line. So, you know, a lot of these are looking uh, toppy to me. So I definitely don't want to be going long at this point. I don't know if you get a, a rebound off of some of these moving averages, but it looks like maybe the party's over and we're going to go into some sort of a deeper correction here. So I mean, right. yesterday you got a sense of liquidation. Look at some of the bond ETFs like LQD. Uh, they got whacked yesterday. So Wait, so Gil, if I can go, go back to silver for a second, you're, mm -hmm. you maintain a bullish stance so that the dollar will go down. Well, well longer term, yeah. But right, right, right now, I'm not bullish. And so, I went bearish on so where Friday. Would you, so where would you rebuy that? Well, I'm watching it as it tests the 20-day line. Because if you go back to something like you know, 2010, which is the only precedent I really have for a big silver move, and, and one that I also played, and so I have a visceral knowledge of it. Back then, the 20-day line acted as support. But if you compare the charts of the SLV uh, today to 2010, you know, this move occurred in three weeks and the thing doubled roughly uh, off the lows, more than that actually, uh, but, but it was up like 50% in just three weeks. The AGQ, which is the, I think the 2X ETF, which I like to use when I want to juice up uh, my position in, in silver, that thing doubled in three weeks. So at this point, now it's a matter of watching to see you know, how, what, they, what they come in and test. And, and they may be, the move may have been too far too fast for the 20 day to serve as support. And we may pull down a little more deeply. And I'm thinking also you might need a period of time for these things to consolidate. But for now the move is over, you know, but everybody wants to buy the move now. So I get a lot of emails from people, Gil, do you think this is the time to be buying silver? Well, no, the time to be buying <laughs> silver was back in March when I was telling everybody to buy it when it was sitting around 13, 14 bucks on the SLV. So, you know, but you, you can get a sense of the psychology because people get all excited about stuff, you know, Tesla at 1700, everybody was all over that and they want to buy it. And I don't know where they think it's going, but should have been buying it down around 400, 500 uh, back in March. And, uh, you know, now that one also looks like it's top. You look at Netflix, looks very similar. So, um, you know, I think things have gotten long in the tooth. Some of the themes have played out, the whole cloud theme. And if you guys remember back in March, we were talking about that, that the cloud theme would come to the forefront because you're going to have this mass migration to the cloud. And companies will be uh, focusing more on using the cloud to um, keep their business running during the, the crisis. And that's what's happened. But, you know, at a certain point, that gets saturated. And I think that's what's happened here. Um, now everybody wants to know, you know, are cyclicals the place to be value stocks? And so I've seen, I've been watching these for a couple of weeks. And if you're going to buy something like a cat, for example, you had to be buying it last week when it was testing the 200-day line. Now it's breaking out of a cup with handle formation. And I don't really like to buy breakouts coming off the bottom of a pattern here. So I think this probably fails. But I'm you not know, really going you know, I want to tell you for a second. So how do you... Why do you use the 20 day moving average? Uh, uh, because it has magical properties and a, a small gnome in my backyard uh, told me about it. No, in all seriousness, uh, the reason I use it is just experience with it. You know, over time, and I think this is really how moving averages work. There's nothing magical about them. Over time, you might pick a couple of moving averages, 10 day, you know, simple exponential, 20, 22, 
so 19, many, 18, so, whatever. So many of them. How do you pick one? Right, exactly. I think you just get comfortable with one, you know, and then you start to understand how stocks act around a certain moving average. And you also notice that individual stocks will have their own personality with respect to which moving average they tend to follow. Some will tend to follow the 50 day. Some will tend to follow the 20 day. And then when they really get streaking higher, they're following the 10 day. But once they get say 20% extended past the 10 day, then you get a good sense that this thing has probably run its course in the short term. So, right. and that's how I do it. You know, that's basically how I came up with the 20 day exponential. And I have to admit, I, I experimented with a lot of different moving averages. And in some cases I actually use a band of moving averages. So like the 18, uh, the 20 and the 22, for example. So yeah, the, the bottom line is you just put it on your screen <clears> and then you just observe <throat> how stocks move around the moving Yes, exactly. And, and exactly. then you, just, you, you learn how they behave and you get comfortable. And that's, what, that's really what it's about. Joel, uh, you're gonna hop in? No, no, I was just, uh, no, I just was saying that uh, different moving averages, different time frames. I, the reason I was asking was, you know, the 50, you know, a lot of days, the 50 day and the 200 day. And then what's the, uh, like, what's the golden cross or something? Is it that? <laughs> the golden cross and the black cross? Well, yeah. when I was studying the short side back in the late 90s and early 2000s, and when I wrote the book for Bill O'Neill, uh, How to Make Money Shorting Stocks, um, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. What was your question again, Joel? <laughs> no, I was just saying people use larger time frames, you know, with the 50 and the 200. But uh, yeah, oh, use... oh, I'm sorry. The the Black Cross. I'm, that's what we were talking about. I lost my train. It, it's still you know 5:45 a.m. here, so still yeah, no, that's early. Up. Only uh, on my first cup this morning. <laughs> uh, for, real but, quickly, uh, we did. A, we've already talked a lot about it, but you've been around for a while. Uh, stock splits. Yeah. I mean, they really. I think Tesla's talk split, I heard, heard you guys talking about it uh, for a while there. Um, yeah. I think a five to one stock two. split is probably excessive and it probably coincides with the top in the stock. I mean, I'm seeing a topish, you know, toppy kind of pattern here. It's breaking below the 20 day line. I think we're going to open up. Where are we going to open up on that thing this morning? It's uh, it's faded off the pre-market. Yeah. 1458. Yeah. So your 20 day line is uh, sitting at around, I can see this 1439. So you're going to open up above it, but you're going to open below the 10 day line, which is at 1460. So if it rolls back to the 20 day line, it could uh, trigger again as a short, but I think that's probably topped. That's what it looks like to me. But then this, I think it's likes top to too. People. Yeah. So but look, if Dennis I says still, I'm top, scared of the S and P move though. That's to come because <laughs> it's going to get out of the S and P get one more pop. And I think that's the yeah. time you strike on the short side. If you get that S and P, you know, the, I think it's coming. If it's at, when imminently. it's added, if it's added, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, probably. But it may come down, you know, 20, 30% before that happens. So, and Real fast, just the difference between uh, the exponential and the simple moving average. There are different calculations. Exponential right. puts, puts more of a focus on recent prices. So it makes right. it, it's, it's, it's a quicker, uh, it, it reacts quicker to price changes than, than right. a moving average does. Simple moving average, all the prices are, all, all the, uh, the prices are, are weighted equally exponential it gives more weight mm -hmm. to recent price to, to near-term activity right so it, it can it can be more of a leading indicator than than the sma joel what's up? right also in a high momo market like we've been in uh we see a lot more volatility right. uh, i like to use the 20 day exponential it also sounds cooler too so okay. you know, huh. that's another factor joel, what's Coolness up? Is always oh, i just want to ask you yeah i mean <laughs> and, and, you know learn from you you know over the years you know when the big boys are, are stepping into a stock and you there can are no see big boys. what? 
There are no big boys. There are no big, still- there's one big boy, and, and it is he isn't a boy. He's a big, burly man. He's called the Fed. Okay. To me, that's what this rally is all about. So people try uh, to make sense of it. And it's like, stop trying to make sense of it. Just trade it, you know, uh, or it's not justified, you know, or it's going to end badly. Yeah, it's going to end badly. But guess what? It hasn't ended yet. So yeah. uh, it reminds me of 2000 because I remember all the old timers. I mean, think about this. In October, end of October two, uh, 90, 1999, my own account yeah. was up about 30%. Two months later, my own account was up 1,008% for the year. Okay, so that was an insane two months. And I remember the old timers in the office, and there were plenty of them at O'Neill when I was there. I was in charge of the institutional services group. You know, they were all saying, oh, this is crazy. This can't go on, blah, blah, blah. Fortunately, I was too naive and too young and naive at the time to pay any attention to them because I just played it for what it was. Uh, and I think, you know, as an old timer now, it's, it's easy for me to fall into that same sort of uh, – mind uh, mind frame you know so where i'm saying oh this doesn't make any sense because it doesn't okay logically but whoever said the market's logical so you know i think people trying to impose you, you got any institutional buy you know what and uh, when i talk about it you know when the big boys i still think that whether they're from <clears throat> trades or institutions there are people that buy hundreds of thousands and millions right. of shares for shorter term trades or to like park BlackRock. money <laughs> right <laughs> the fed's so, errand boy <laughs> um, I, yeah, there are still. Yeah, the, is there anything the you're though, seeing here Gil, or on the upside? No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Gil. Are you seeing anything in the upside? Like right now, we've had the big move. I was going to use the American Airlines example. You know, someone uh-huh. was nibbling at 11 for 13 days in a row. That doesn't happen because it's Robin Hood and Weeble traders in their nibbling. That happens because there are institutional orders surrounding an area. Do you, but that's over with. Are you seeing any areas on the upside in any stocks where you would say, hey, there's some big liquidation here. Maybe it's time for a short. Do you well, see yeah, any I of those think, out I there? I think you're seeing that you know, in Apple, for example. You're starting to see some of that in Apple. You're starting to see uh, some of that in Microsoft, uh, Tesla, Netflix. So, yeah, you're seeing money exit here. I think the big money managers who are less of a force, because if you look at uh, – charts of uh, who's who dominates the buying in the market it's mostly non-corporate financial so that's all the buybacks and whatnot right and uh <clears throat> i think they, they they basically are trying to front run the fed so that you know that's what the big boys are doing they're following the big man around and i think that's really what's been driving this market and then those of us who are traders you know you see the wave catch the wave ride the wave get off before it hits the rocks you know that's basically my motto so all right, Gil Morales is the author of the Gilmo Report. You can learn more at his site, Gilmo, G-I-L-M-O, report.com. That's also his Twitter handle, Gilmo Report. Gil, thanks so much for the time as always. Yeah, great seeing you guys again. Take care. All right. Thanks, Gil. Uh, let's get to some tickers from the chat. Actually, and there was a couple that were on our list as well. A lot of offerings out there. Uh, if you just go into Benzinger Pro and search the word offering, there is headlines every single day about new stock offerings. Uh, we had plug overnight we had overstock overnight uh there are a shutter stock price they're offering this morning a lot of stock offerings and uh we're seeing them affect the stock so i don't know if any of those were on your guys list specifically i saw someone drop in uh plug i believe in in the youtube chat but uh a lot of offerings and this goes back to what we were saying before right yeah. it's, uh what, what is the smart money doing there this well and, and and smart of the companies to be raising money when their stock prices are high there's so many companies you know that raise money when they need to <clears throat> and their stocks are getting hit 
Here's an example plug. Power stock's been firing on all cylinders. So why not raise some money when your stock's firing on all cylinders? I mean, this is overstock, same thing. So, but we are seeing so many offerings in the last few days, but not only that, insider selling is just off the charts, man. There is sells on everything. So I, I don't know what to say. I mean, it, 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 the smart money has been dumping here for a long time, but you know, the market keeps going higher. When this party ends, nobody knows. Like Gil was just saying, we don't know when the party's gonna end. Is it logical? It doesn't, no, it doesn't make sense. But again, why fight the trend? The only thing I'm looking at is yesterday's tape was a little bit ugly. That was a, a reversal, a key reversal there for the S SPY. Yeah. Um, and now you get an initial pop back. Uh, I think, you know, the more I look at it, interesting I think it's more day. of a rally to sell. Interesting day, yeah. Interesting day, uh, to say the least. Uh, let's talk a couple things here. Uh, what's the offering prices? Now, let's just talk about your strategy with the offerings. Uh, Spencer, I don't know if you mentioned any prices on these. I can give you the price for Overstock, which you have on your screen right now. They are they actually increased the size of their offering, and they the price is eighty four fifty. Mm, trading two bucks above it. Hmm. Okay. So it's being well received at this point. Not what stock are you talking about? Overstock. Well, they do that. They always trade above it. They never go down to the offering price. So, you know, very rarely do you see, and we saw it a little bit there when the market got ugly for a bit, but very rarely do you see them trade down right to the offering price. Um, they usually are a magnet that it pulls down towards it, but it usually trades above it still. So uh, what was the overstock price, Spencer? 84. Yeah. 84.50. It's a loved stock. So it's doubtful that it would ever trade back down to the 80. Well, not ever, but I mean, it's doubtful that it would just trade straight down to the $84 area when it's, when it's a stock that's been loved by so many participants for the last three, four months. Am I coming and buying overstock, putting my long-term portfolio here right now? No, it was two bucks. I mean, you missed it. It was like, like Gil saying, you know, the time to buy silver was fourteen fifteen back in March, April, May. You're coming in and putting overstock in your portfolio now. It looked like it topped out. 112, 110, it looks like it's topped. I mean, so now I think rallies to be sold. And there's a lot of stocks like that. A lot of these Momo names like that. There's a lot of stocks that don't look like that too. And what we've been talking about for the last week is some of the reopening trades look really good. And those are the ones that have actually been leading. You know, you look at the separation between the IWM and QQQ. And yes, IWM finally started rolling over a little bit yesterday. But, you know, IWM has been outperforming for a week and a half. So, and obviously got a lot of small caps in there. But you come in and buy an overstock now. I think, no, I think, you know, the time was, you know, to ring the register there. Um, it got over 100. It got silly. I mean, this isn't, you know, a game changing. Oh, okay, this is the company. Everybody's buying everything online. Everything's by, buying everything online because everybody's cooped in their house. What happens when we get out of our houses? So I think you got to start considering that, you know, yes, there is going to be continued people, you know, and people who didn't shop online before to continue to do that. And yes, there'll be some changes, but some of these moves like in Wayfair and Overstock, um, they're just so, you know, overdone that I can't come in here and buy them now. And especially when I look at that Overstock chart and I see a couple tops over a hundred and, Yesterday and now the offering. I, 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 Hands I, off. missed, no, it. I, I missed I, it. I missed it. I know. It, it don't in no man's land. And uh, but a uh, lot of talk we about Mr. Softy here today, and um, one gentleman here says that it's forty percent of his portfolio. So 
I hope it's grown into that. That's that's pretty. At big. least it's a big company. I have people messaging me and saying I got you know half my money in Overstock, and I'm like, holy oh. cow! I mean, okay, it's been awesome. You've done awesome with it. Time to diversify. <laughs> At least yeah. Microsoft. I I would be comfortable if ten or ten percent of my money is in a company like Microsoft. In my own personal account, it's probably 2% only. I do own Microsoft. It's a fantastic company. This is the kind of company that I would buy on a pullback. It isn't something that's went up 1,000% in the last three months. It's went up 25 30 40% in the last three months. It's been a big move. But this is a company that is firing on all cylinders. It's got the gaming aspect. It's got the cloud. It's got everything going on. 200 bucks, you get down there. You know, yeah, It's a nice it's- pullback. Yeah, uh, Nelson just mentioned in the chat, he was asking about Mike. He goes, I wish you guys spent more time on the top 10 companies. And uh, it's funny. I don't know if he's new to People the don't show like that, or not. No, I know. Don't that, that. That, that's like, if you look at my screen, and Dennis and I, how many years have we yeah. been following the top components in the S&P like that? And uh, they jockey. But I we, think that- Me and I, Joel, we make our living. <laughs> trading those top 10 components i love trading those stocks i love trading microsoft i love trading apple and you know yes some people want to talk about it but they don't people want to talk when we hear the chat list that we get it's the high flyer of the day everybody wants to get rich fast they don't want to watch their money go up at 20 percent in three months or you know they want to watch their money go up 200 percent in three days okay well speaking of that's stuff, what people want but i want I, go ahead spence well, i want to do microsoft though okay do microsoft then i got i have some more tickers from the chat we can get to quickly okay um i think that this this is like the sign and i was trying to get Gil to identify something like this this is a side of a, a potential major top here right 215 area i'm not going to give you the exact high um there's a couple other levels in there Someone big is selling or a group of people are selling to 215 here, anywhere near 215. So it had to gap up day. That was probably from earnings. So when I'm looking at this chart, if I'm holding 40% of Microsoft in my portfolio, I really want to see this thing break out over 215 or at least trade between 200 and 215, 200 and 215. Stay in that area, but that that's just, and then also 215 was a pesky area in July. Yeah. Yeah. So that, it's so a big area. That's a big area. So you want to bust through 215. You've been holding 200. Uh, intermediate level, I know this is pretty simple math here, but uh, what's the old-time high? The old-time high is 217 and a half. We've been holding 200. You know, that 50% comes in at like 27, 208. You know, this area right here. At least you want to see it consolidate here and get a little bit momentum to push up, uh, uh, to push the 215. I don't think you really have to worry about downside on this one until they flush it down for 200 and they hold it down there. For All two right. Or three we're going to do lightning round. Yep. It's 10 seconds of stock because that going, was like a minute. So yep, we're going to go got, fast. I want to do AMD. Oh, my do goodness. It. Okay. Do go, it. Ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Chat, go ahead. 10 go seconds ahead. of stock. One number, Joel. One number. Okay. okay. You're Marv23 asked, please, Target. He said, please. So Target. TGT, go. Uh, my one number is going to be the all-time high. Uh, well, I'm going to give you the all-time closing high, 132.94. As long as it stays above that, improves in that today, I'm still bullish. All yeah, right. And I, go ahead. I'll take the next one. We'll go back. Jemai again smacked today. They had earnings oh, that's uh, a tough one. Uh, this morning. Story's over. Story's broken. Sell our rallies. 
Okay. Next. <laughs> uh, what about uh, lemonade? Same story. Earnings this morning. Oh, that's story that's never really got hot. Um, this was one. I know Portnoy took a big chunk. He's like, oh, lemonade. It was like $80. And he's like, ah, stocks go up. We'll just buy this one. How's that working for you? Next. <laughs> Do you have any numbers? <laughs> that's how we do lightning round. Okay. Well, this is big. It's uh, these uh, area of three. Ten seconds. Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. You be quiet. Fifty-seven. Okay. <laughs> okay. Big. This one we, we never talked about. Big C. Big commerce. B I G C. Recent I never traded it. B I G C. Not enough information. Need more. Need okay. more than five days of data. Uh, old time low. I'll keep an eye on that. Sixty-seven twelve. All right. Uh, I think I got through the stocks that are written down. Uh, one, one, one more. Teladoc. T D O C. We'll do that one. Ooh, Broken story. Done. I don't like it at all. I'd sell rallies into Teladoc. This was the COVID play. Look at where this thing has come from. You know, from 50 bucks, now up to 200. Everybody's doing everything. You know what? We're coming out of COVID. We're going to come out of COVID here eventually. I'm a seller of a Teladoc on rallies. But they waited for that uh, when they made that deal to smack it. That was a funny thing. That I think it's it under off. 100 bucks in a year. I can't argue with that. I'd see what happens. What? 150. I see some major support down at 150. So, so many tickers. Keep going. We'll do a few more minutes. Well, I, well, oh, I got you got a guest. guest. I got a guest, and I'm bringing him on right now, actually. And this is well, interesting. Uh, so I, I want to bring him on. His name is Yannick Malling. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called uh, Public. And I'll bring him up on my screen here in just a second. Uh, and they, there he is. And Yannick, uh, first of all, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Public did something interesting a few months ago. Back, we've talked about Hertz on our show and the craziness around that stock. And you guys, your uh, trading app, free trading app, caters to mostly the newer investors. And you said, nope, forget it. We're shutting down trading in Hertz. Why did you do that? Yeah. Hey, first of all, thanks for having me in, and good morning. So um, we really started monitoring the situation with Hertz and seeing, obviously, after filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, how it started then trading up quite heavily. Was it like 700% or something? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we kept a close eye on it. Obviously, we thought that behavior was kind of odd. Um, but then really, um, the crossroads point kind of came for us when, they uh, said that they would raise obviously new capital in a new kind of stock offering. And so we kind of felt we had a responsible uh, a responsibility for our community, who to your point are mainly first time investors to really make sure that they understood the fact that like uh, this is a company that has filed for bankruptcy. And so we essentially put it in, in liquidation only. Um, and ultimately I think the, the regulators kind of came to the same conclusion as us, but yeah, at the, at the point of time that we did it, um, it was really something that we, we did to protect our, our community of investors. Yeah, the SEC came out like two weeks later. So, and I, yeah. and I, don't, I don't know of any other platforms that, that took that action like you did. So I, I think props to that because you're protecting, it's about protecting your clients, your newer investors yeah, who, who don't know. So We also thought it was a good business decision. Like frankly, when we have a lot of new people getting involved in the stock market, uh, the worst thing uh, would be if they get massively burned on their first trade, right? A lot right. of those guys are then just going to churn right. thinking, oh, this is not for me. I don't understand this game, right? right? And, so, and so we think really um, 
it was sort of, uh, you could say, the right thing to do to take the community, but also a good business decision. At this what point. does it say about the markets when you have to take actions like that, that people can't even help themselves if they have to buy a bankrupt company up 600, 700, 800%? I mean, what does it say about the euphoria in the market, at least at that time and a little bit yeah, today too? That's a very good point. And I think you're totally right. It, I think it says that we are operating in a, in a totally new era, right? Like uh, you kind of all remember when trading went online back in the day, I think now the gates are just uh, wide and open. And I think a lot of people was just looking at like top movers and trending algorithms um, here and there without really kind of knowing it. And a lot of people have been caught up in the frenzy of, making a quick buck on COVID, right? So they were kind of thinking, oh, Hertz, that's that car rental company, right? Great, I use them whenever I'm in Europe. They're gonna come back after COVID and potentially just buying the stock without even reading like what the latest news are. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So maybe we should back up for a second. Uh, Yannick, explain to us what public is and, and how it's different from other platforms out there. Sure, so public is what we call the, the social investing app, right? So we've uh, made the stock market social by essentially building a stock brokerage as a, as a social network. Um, and really where we were coming from was always that we think the biggest barrier to entry was not necessarily you know, fees or commissions. It was really a general sort of lack of financial literacy. So a lot of people not really knowing how to get involved with the stock market, how to begin, you know, how much money to start out with, how to build a solid portfolio. You know, what does that even mean? Um, and so we kind of build these two layers around the stock market. So at a core, we've built a zero commission brokerage, but then around that, we build these two layers. One is a fractional investing layer. So you can buy any stock for any amount of money in real time. And the second is what we call sort of a social education layer, which allows you to follow other people. It allows you to see everybody has sort of their page where you can see what, what, what companies they own. When you make a trade on the platform, you can post it out alongside a little caption, similar to how you post a picture on Instagram, for instance. Other, and that, that's where you can put your investment thesis. Other people can kind of comment on that and kind of give you feedback. And so it's a little bit more of a multiplayer version of the stock market. Yeah. And one of the things that's interesting is you can look into other people's portfolios. Like I'm looking at your portfolio right now. And I was hoping yeah. you'd maybe talk me through just your, your investing and or your trading philosophy, if they differ, because you've got a lot of holdings here in your- I know pretty well diversified. You've got some ETFs, you've got a lot of stocks across a lot of sectors. Uh, do, do you have like a, a trading or, a, or investing philosophy you try to abide by? Yeah. I mean, look, as you can tell, uh, a lot of my portfolio is what we call the long-term portfolio. So we, we launched a feature a couple of months ago where people could sort of take stocks in their portfolio and like organize them on what they hold for the long-term versus what they have in the sort of maybe more regular sort of short-term portfolio. And so a big part of our community are more longer term investors, but that feature kind of gets people an opportunity to like, so I can take Apple, put it in my long-term portfolio, and then I can post about why I want to own kind of Apple for the long-term. So, so I have a lot of big tech companies in there because I, I think that they've been on a tear and I think that that will continue for, for the time being. And then maybe some of the more shorter term plays, um, some of the, like you talked about Mardina this morning, like some of those companies, um, I've been sort of uh, playing around with, if you will, in, in my more kind of short-term portfolio. Um, generally, I don't, I don't day trade or speculate a whole lot, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm a little bit of a, of a buy and hold guy, but um, it is fun to kind of try. And uh, so, so when, when I talk about short-term, I know, right? There you go. I, I like the uh, invest hat. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's the hat you can I'm going to get buy. a hat that just says trade. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh. Uh, uh, Yannick, one thing is I've never traded uh, fractional shares before. Uh, can you explain right. how, how the order types different cause, or differ? Because 
public offers fractional share trading and, and, and right. how yeah. do the order types differ? In, on yep. that? Yeah. I mean, so right now um, it's, it's only, we only offer fractional with market orders, right? But the way it basically works is uh, you just put in what amount of money you want to invest in a company rather than how many shares, which really does two things. Like number one, it allows people uh, who maybe can't afford a share in Amazon to participate and become an owner of that company. But then also secondly, it allows people to have full control over how they want to diversify their portfolio, right? So even if you have a $10,000 account, um, you know, uh, with Amazon, you would have to, for that to either be like on a traditional platform, either 30 or, or 60%, depending on how many kind of shares you, you take, right? And so, um, and so I really, I think it, it, it helps people do dollar cost averaging very well, even though they may not have like hundreds of thousands of dollars with their account, which I think right now is one of the big trends we're seeing in the community that people are taking advantage of the dips and doing a lot of dollar cost averaging whenever, whenever those kind of happen. So like yesterday, for instance, um, and I think that's, that's sort of, uh, one of the, one of the great use cases about fractional that it allows maybe more, uh, new investors to take advantage of some of those strategies that historically were quite kind of costly to execute. Yep. So bottom line, only market orders on uh, fractional share orders. Uh, the com- this is more of a comment from our chat. They're saying to uh, add options to your platform. So I guess you have some demand for options on the platform. There's uh yeah, we, we, we've heard that once or twice. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a, uh, there's, let's just say there's a lot of work to do still. We're still yeah. a, a yeah. young company. So. Um, and is it just, so options aside, is it just the, the, the same universe of stocks and ETFs that we're used to? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, essentially. Yes. All right. Um, and I, I guess just one, one or two more questions I, I had here, but like probably cause a relatively new company. So, there's a lot of competition out there, right. For, for this type of, uh, this type of platform. So I guess, what is the, the selling point? What, what do you say to people when they, they ask you, Oh, how is public different from Robinhood or, or whatever, right? Like what, what is, what is your main selling point there? Yeah, sure. So I think the main part is really that the people that come to us and, and participate in the community are really people who maybe also were not quite sure, uh, like, like who enjoy that multiplayer experience essentially. Right. So, um, there's been social applications, I think, in the industry in the past, but they've always been disconnected from the brokerage itself. And so what we found is when you build something that's uh, full stack, the great thing is you don't have the same sort of level of anonymity. And so you don't have all the maybe more kind of toxic chatter, like the pump and dump schemes or whatnot that you've seen in other kind of forums around the web, because everyone who participates in the community are verified, right? A little bit like how you're verified on Twitter if you have the, the blue check mark, right? And so... Uh, and that really changes the conversation a lot and makes it just a much more inclusive place. It makes it a place where people are really kind of sharing ideas and they're kind of giving each other feedback. Um, and so we have like these main two social applications. One is the feed where obviously you can see what people are investing in and why and when. And then we launched uh, message groups and chat groups where people sort of uh, connect with like-minded investors, especially around earning calls and uh, things like that. So like Lemonade was a big one when they IPO'd and, you know, um, yep. I'm sure by the end, there's going to be another big kind of chat group there where you can really like help hear people break down in real time, you know, um, what's actually said on the earnings call, what does it actually mean? Um, and, and, and that really helps people build an understanding of, of what's going on in, in this space. And I think particularly in the last couple of months, that's what we've seen, right? People have been trying to make sense of the world at large, which also reflects in making sense of the stock market. And that's really where you need 
the social kind of communication and the dialogue to really help try and, and figure out the ins and outs of what's going on. And then I guess last question. So public launch last year, what kind of increase in activity have you seen in the past six months, five or six months? Pretty massive. Um, yeah, definitely pretty massive. We've been growing very quickly since we launched. Uh, so we launched in September last year. We've been growing very, very quickly uh, since we launched um, in general and obviously saw a, an even more acceleration on that growth um, in, 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 in kind of March and forward because people were especially craving like having some dialogue with other people as we were sort of entering, entering this new unprecedented kind of era of, of the stock market. One quick question for you. I saw that uh, Robinhood is closing off their API and not disclosing uh, the positions and the trading activity of its customers. I was just wondering where you guys stand on that. I don't know if you've you know reached a, a you know a point where you're that influential. I'd just like you to comment that and the policies for your company. Yeah, um, so I think we're getting there. It's it's obviously something we've we've kind of talked about, but but public is a I mean transparency means a lot to us, right? And so I think that's maybe one of the more guiding kind of principles. And what we've always thought the social layer brings is transparency that you can see what people own and why. And so really, what you're talking about there is maybe just doing that on a more aggregated basis. Um, and so that's obviously something that would uh, potentially be quite interesting to us. And we do have actually features. If you look in the different corners of the app, where you can start to pick up some of that information already, um, and so uh, and so to your point, I, I think it's an interesting data point for a lot of people that that they're very interested in. All right. Well, they say business one on one is when timing meets opportunity, and you couldn't have asked for a better uh, better timing here for public. So Yannick Maling is a co-founder and co-CEO of Public. You can go to public.com and learn more. Yannick, thanks so much for the time today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Take care. All right. Uh, we want to wrap up now, or do you guys want to do a couple more? I feel like Dennis, I feel like I cut you off there. You wanted to do one or two more tickers. I think. Yeah, go ahead. I'll do two. Well, Joe wanted to do AMD, didn't you? He did. Uh, yeah, Triple D. I chickened out yesterday. You, you wouldn't take I, I put it on. I put I it on yesterday on the pullback. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't pipe buy the stock. I did the spread that we talked about. So I bought the 80, 80 calls. And I sold the 100 calls, and I put it on, I think, for about six bucks. So, and it went down about a buck up, so I'm on a little bit of heat on it, but um, obviously upside's 20 points, risk is six bucks. So I'm saying, I'm, I put my money where my mouth is, I think it's going 100 by the end of the year. I still think so. Um, and I kind of wanted to do 77 versus like 82 or something, and you wouldn't do it, you wouldn't take it. But I would just say 75, uh, a couple lows in that area, uh, 75, getting a bounce yesterday. After you have this this you know, whoosh down off the all-time high. I think sellers are going to be stacking up in the 80s, Dennis. Yeah. Oh, I, I think, I, I, think I could be yeah. early on it. But yep, yep. yep. Okay. I, I don't know if you have to just chase into this. I, we, we did some damage yesterday. I mean, everybody's just coming in buying. If you're buying this morning, I think you're absolutely doing it backwards because, like I said, I was doing some. I did some AMD yesterday. I was putting on a few stocks yesterday. But, um, you know, you're getting this bounce into it and some – my spiny senses says, well, maybe I should have sold the stuff I bought yesterday. Uh, I think I think we did some damage yesterday, though. So I do think this rally this morning is to be sold in a lot of stocks. I still like AMD. I think the story still remains hot. It's a pullback in a stock and a clear uptrend here. Does it pull back to 70? Maybe. Um, I'm, I took a shot. I did it in a, a way that I felt like I could manage the risk a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see if that works. I don't usually play the option spreads, but I've, I've made the call a few times. I think it's going 100 by the end of the year. So 
If it does, the triple my money. Yep. Nah, the market needs to keep going. Uh, I just, uh, I did this yesterday and uh, I hope it comes up again. Uh, learning more things. I don't know if I did this on the, uh, on the pre-market show yesterday, but uh, I just brought up the S&P here. Will this be the Russia vaccine top? I said it, that yesterday. I tweeted yeah, that you out. Did. Yeah. I tweeted that out when we were up on the S&P yesterday. Oh, um, I don't know if I got that from you, but there yeah, it is. I Look tweeted out about the 10 a.m. We were up. We were still trading up substantially there, and it just felt like we were starting to roll over and everything. So um, obviously, I wish I would have shorted a bunch of stocks when we were trading up near 335, 336. Again, that second shot today. So yeah. I think you take it. I think if you were looking, you know, to get the hell out of some of these stocks, I think you take the take the pop today. My opinion. Yeah, and uh, just overall, I'll get rid of that because it's just only good. Uh, oh no, there we go. Uh, I'm just looking to uh, follow through through the pre market high. I think that's really important. Just that yesterday's sell off was an aberration. We get through sixty seventy five. And then uh, we move up the, the inner day and the actual high. We're, we're up in the 70s. So it's going to be real interesting. I just don't think we're going to – we came down hard. I just think sellers are going to be lining up in the 60s here. I um, don't know if we're going to get the hard fade, but we just – it was just fluff yesterday. I, I, you know, on the open, being up on a, a vaccine – Got a little nervousness, you know, intraday. I don't know if it was dollar or whatever concerns, but uh, I don't know. Important day here for the market. Let's see if we can take out that pre-market. All right, let's do a couple of tickers. Let's oh, go quick, 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 quick. Tickers. Uh, okay, people asked about RKT. I don't know if you can even comment only for- I bought it yesterday. Oh, what? Yeah, Jason Rasnick pick. He's been hot. I've, I've done well with the Jason Rasnick picks. It's the pullback near the price. I was like, I know it's trading like 20, 30 times. I mean, and it's obviously, you know, it's a mortgage company, but it's a technology company too. Story could get hot again. I did, it's a speculative capital. It's early. It's only four days in, uh, but I put a half size position. So, you know, when I do half size, I'm usually wrong, but it's a Jason Rasnick pick. I liked it. He was, you know, obviously on the show and the stock was $24, $25. Um, we know he bought on the first day. Um, so it's pulled back to where Jason bought it. So I was like, I'm in, going in with Jason. I'm, I'm, I'm torn on this one. I, I really wanted to do it early. I didn't get in. Well, this early. is early. Now you're back uh, to early pricing. Yeah, you're back to early pricing. Uh, you know, when I look at this chart, I'm, I'm like super bullish. When I look at the XHB, right? Housing, right? That's good. I also, uh, what makes me bullish this uh, long term is I think people right now, a house and a home and some real estate it's important. And is important. And yeah. I think that people are going to be leaving the cities, okay, which they're already doing, and they're going to be wanting to move out to, you know, the suburbs and might not be good for the, for the people that uh, own real estate in the cities, but I think it's going to be good for the people that own land and real estate. So I think there's, you know, I think it's good. I think the demographics, people are going to want to own. Now, perspective trading wise here i still think i could get it cheaper and i think i can I've get been it saying. yeah yeah i, I yeah i, I, I always I, say that i think i get it cheaper than i miss it 
<laughs> so yeah, well, I took a shot here. We'll see if Raz is going to be right. This one's on you. If I make the money, I'm thanking Raz. If I don't make the money, I'm blaming Raz. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really nice, Dennis. He's listening. <laughs> yeah, that's All right, really lightning round conceptual. We got two minutes. Let's go. Well, it's important I, stack. Ten seconds. Okay, I know. It's I, I, I did stack. appreciate your analysis. It was good okay. You usually get off well, at nine. Lightning round. You know what, Dennis? You better get ready for the open. Man. <laughs> I'm you know what trained. I mean? Because you're going to lose money off the open, and then you're going to be crying tomorrow. I'll give you two more. Two big earnings reports today after the close. Cisco and a lift. Well, I, I own Cisco in the long-term portfolio. It was so an ugly I. candle yesterday. Um, it. Can it come up into the into the earnings? I don't know. Uh, it's been it's it's been a dog for a while. Lift Uber has set the bar a little bit lower for Lyft. That helps a bit. You got major support down here. The chart actually looks okay. Uh, I've been concerned about the story for a while, but the chart looks okay. Earnings is a wild card, right? How do we trade something technically yeah, a day ahead of earnings? Because earnings is going to move it. Yeah, forty-eight. Just uh, I'm keeping a forty-eight. Uh, I'm not. I'm talking about monthly highs at forty-eight. So if this thing clears for blows the roof off of forty-eight, make a run there at fifty. So forty-eight is my number. Under that, I think I still maintain uh, a little bit of a neutral to bearish stance, and then lift. I let's see here. Uh, Lift is tired. I don't know. Just in the middle of this range from twenty-eight to thirty-two. So okay, we're gonna go back much. and forth. One for me, one for you. And let's go, and then we're done. Well, we're we're still going. Okay. Yeah, cool. one for me and one for Joel. Okay, so we're not uh, taking each other's. You right. wanted Joel first. Uh, Joel. Oh, I was, and you got twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. Joel Wells Fargo. Uh, Wells Fargo. Let me pull it up on the clock. Needs to clear 26. Where are we trading? 20. Right there. Right there. Yeah. Holds 26. I'm looking at 27. If not 26 is a big number there. I like I'm it. Long Over it. 26, I I'm like it. I'm long it. it. Okay. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Walmart. Ugly candle yesterday. This has been a COVID play. Nah, I, I think I'd sell rallies in Walmart. I don't like it. It's really run. Are you going to go wrong long-term at Walmart? Probably not. But short-term as a trade, lots of tops, 133, 134. I'd be a seller rallies. Uh, Joel Glue Mobile, G-L-U-U. Dennis owns it. No, I don't. I sold it. Oh, you sold it? I want to rebuy it, though. Uh, it hasn't stopped going down. I it can't buy has. something that's going straight down. So, someone's nibbling here. Someone was nibbling. Maybe it's at me. I want to be nibbling. <laughs> 740. It's nibbling. It's trying. Get a couple more days here. You hold in 720, 730, 740 area. I like it. I do a little. I mean, I wouldn't let it run to five bucks, but looks like you got someone stepping up to the plate here after bad earnings. I'll do one more. A, this, is for either you. this is a new one. ALVR. I don't know this one. You went off the board on this one. Yeah. And then I got one for you. Is that a down day yet? <laughs> Every green candle is green on oh, that chart. Oh, God. That's one of the most bearish charts that's, I've ever that's seen. That's nine green candles in a row. Nine times. Remember Ferris Bueller uh, Day? Nine times. When they come nine times, that's due for a red candle. But, wow, the trend is absolutely your friend. Not had down day yet since it's been out. That's incredible. All right, Spencer. Since this is uh, you created the index and you follow it, MJ. 
I didn't create nothing. Uh, Come on, what are you doing, Spencer? Well, I, I don't uh, own. MJ. I'm out. I'm out. I gotta go trade. Yeah, I don't own MJ. I own four the four largest uh, U.S. multi-state operators. They're all OTC, but I don't. I don't own any exchange okay. traded stocks that are cannabis related. Um, okay. I, I don't know. It's it's tough to feel bullish on on that. You know, the trend is not your friend. So I. It's tough to feel bullish on MJ. And it's actually why I didn't buy it because when, when you look at the holdings, look at what's in it, you see a lot of stocks that were really expensive a few years ago and it's going okay. to take, take a lot to get out there. If, I was going to say, if you want to see Dennis or Joel uh, buy or sell a stock at the chat choosing, hit that like button, hit that <laughs> yeah. subscribe button, and maybe one day it will happen. Uh, I, I want to thank both our guests today, Gil Morales and Yannick Malling. Uh, no, we stayed late. We appreciate everyone for hanging out with us this morning. Please remember, all the yeah, information well. from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. You can always catch a replay of our show on YouTube or on any podcast platform where you get your podcast. Uh, Joel and I will be back at 3.40 p.m. Eastern time. Until then, everyone have a great day and stay safe and good luck. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.